All right, get your Bibles open. Um, uh, well, don't get them open yet. I, I, I got a few introductions, but you, you, I'll tell you what. Open up to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5. I, I'm, I'm confused right now. Lord, help me. Galatians chapter 5. You know, the Lord laid on my heart for today as we're, as we're in the midst of a memorial weekend, and uh, we're talking about uh, freedom. I think freedom is the language that we breathe here as Americans. We love freedom. Everybody with me on that? We appreciate uh, the nation we live in. We appreciate the freedoms that we have. Um, and I really want to drive home the fact that we have been called into freedom. Uh, look at, with me at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And, and, and the, the, some pastors talk about keep standing firm in the freedom that you already have as a past tense thing. Don't become entangled uh, with a yoke of slavery or a yoke of bondage. So how many of you figured this out, that when Christ saves you, he saves us for a purpose? And part of that purpose is to liberate us from slavery to sin and bondage and all those kind of things, addictions. If you're in Christ, that should not be part of our lives. I'm just telling you, not that, it's, not that we don't struggle. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But Christ purchased our freedom so that we could enjoy it. And I just want to drive this home today. Freedom is part of what is your inheritance as a believer in Jesus Christ. Not future freedom, present freedom. Freedom to know Christ, freedom to enjoy Christ, freedom to live a godly life, freedom to enjoy the blessings of the cross. Look what Galatians chapter 5 verse 8 says. God is the one who called you to freedom. There it is again. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. You have been called to live in... Try that again. You've been called to live in... That suggests a new lifestyle. That suggests that the old you is not the same, uh, same you now. It suggests that there's radical changes. It means, as we were talking about speaking Jesus, it means that you can be free from depression. You can be free from addiction. You can be free from anger. You can be free from lust. You can be free from all these things that were part of our old nature. In fact, in Christ, this should be part, none of these things should be a part of our new nature. Because Christ has called us to enjoy the freedom. We have been set free for freedom. Now, it's interesting that in America today, as I think it was Oz Guinness who made the comment, he said, the paradox of American liberty and freedom is that the greatest threat to our freedom is our freedom. When freedom dissolves into license, which means we do whatever we want. No one's going to tell me what to do. No one's going to put any boundaries on me. God's not going to put any boundaries on me. I have the freedom to be who I want to be. We even have the freedom today to make up whatever gender we want to be. We, we can become another species that we think if we want to be. We've got all kinds of crazy freedom because our freedom has dissolved into license and into perversion and into confusion. And so the greatest liberty that we have in this country, it gets turned upside down and gets actually used against us when we don't take responsibility for what that freedom looks like. Paul made it clear that the purpose of our freedom, when you're truly free, you're not free to do whatever you want. You're free to live the way you should live in a way that glorifies God. In other words, you're free to be able, you're empowered to live the way you should live, not the way you think you want to live. There's a big difference. And I appreciate this holiday today because it reminds us of freedom's price. And can I just say this? Um, in an America that is more and more divided, more and more traumatized, more and more poisoned by lies about who we were and about our nation's destiny, um, 
days like today and days like tomorrow when we set aside Memorial Day get me fired up because I'm reminded of all the folks who paid the ultimate price for, for this today, for what we're doing. Uh, I'm reminded of all the wars that were fought, the battles that were won. I'm reminded of all the providence of God, the kindness of God towards America. And I don't know about you, but I love our nation. In spite of her imperfections, I love our nation. And I tell all of you to get a passport and leave the country so you can come back and kiss the ground that you walk on every day. Because you're, you're lied to on most days about who we are and what we stand for and about the liberties that we have. I can't imagine. I guess my heart was a little moved this morning um, because of dear friends overseas whose lives are in danger uh, and who, for the sake of preaching the gospel, end up being uh, traumatized, attacked, even murdered for the sake of the gospel. It makes me stand here in the pulpit today and realize uh, how easy we have it here. Uh, and may we never take it for granted which is why I tell you, get a passport and keep traveling to other nations and sharing the gospel and being a beacon and a light for liberty. But the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, this is freedom's price, for he has rescued us, God Almighty, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus, who purchased our freedom. And I want to add that he purchased our freedom through the shedding of his blood, and he forgave our sins. How many of you know every day is Memorial Day for a Christian? Every day we're reminded that the faith that we have, the life that we have, the blessing that we have was purchased at the price of the blood of Jesus. So I want you to see this. When we're talking about hosting the Holy Spirit, this is not icing on the cake. This is the cake. The Holy Spirit is the game changer. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the power to break off the shackles and the old life and to bring us into the fullness of the new life. In fact, there's no freedom apart from the Holy Spirit. This is why I've also been grieved, as I'm sure you have. It seems like every single day there's another unveiling of corruption and perversion in the church of Jesus Christ. You know, we just had the Southern Baptist Association come out with their internal study uh, of, of, of sexual sin and abuse that's happened among the denomination. And let me just say, any of you coming from a Baptist tradition or Southern Baptist tradition, this should break all of our hearts because the Southern Baptist is the largest denomination in America, and they've done so much great work over the years. And of course, uh, a, a handful of people who are involved in this type of behavior should not, uh, you know, be the reflection of everybody in the denomination. But it should break our heart when all of a sudden in national news media, the church gets exposed for hypocritical practices. In other words, we're saying one thing and preaching one thing, and we're living a lifestyle that's completely different. Some of you saw the Hillsong uh, uh, unfolding that's going on. Let me just say this. You know, there, there, there are these religious folks who are like, stop singing Hillsong music because somebody in the movement's imperfect. Are you kidding me? We have... We have a bulk of worship that the church has been singing for decades out of a movement that was birthed in the Holy Spirit. And it should break our heart when we see some major leaders being exposed again for sexual sin and for things done in private that, that contradict what they stand for in public. And I'm just telling you this, we're inviting the Holy Spirit. It's a very dangerous thing to do. Because I told you, he's the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he changes things. He exposes things. I mean, you know, he wants us to be honest and vulnerable and transparent. Didn't we talk here about shame for a long time? I think we, that was one of the longest series I've ever done. 
And I'm still hearing comments back. You, you know why the shame series is so important? Because God wants to give us the permission to expose our own sin so we could be healed. But when you hide your sin, it eventually gets exposed in a way that gives you a black eye, gives the church a black eye, and gives the devil the most food and ammunition against, against Jesus and his bride. So I'm reading these things, and I'm hearing these things, and it breaks my heart. I had, a, I had another friend here in Indiana that uh, just was exposed. I saw it on Fox News is where I read about it. Uh, early in his ministry, had been involved in a lengthy uh, uh, adulterous relationship with a teenager in his church. I don't think that's a part of his life now, but the point was it was never addressed. Well, guess what? It was just addressed. And not in a way that was orderly and in a righteous way. It was in a way that it was about exposure and about shame and about there are all you fake Christian people. There's all you fake Christian people. How many of you don't want to be a fake Christian person? How many of you believe that the power of the Holy Spirit when you host him means that you get a chance to live a free life, free from sin, free from compromise, free from perversion. I'm a little bit uh, fired up this morning as well because I took my wife and my daughter out last night to get some ice cream. And while we're standing in line to get ice cream, there's a man probably my age, he's holding a little kid, and he's just looking up and down my daughter and staring at her. And I looked at him like, excuse me. And he just kept groping her with his eyes. And finally I just moved a little bit more towards her, and I just stared at him. Like, you know? But, but please hear me. It's not like I'm some, you know, superhero or something like that. It angered me that we're living in a culture today, and I don't know whether this man's a Christian or not. I'm not judging him. I don't, he, he might be a complete you know, pagan, and he's acting the way pagan people act. But let me just tell you this. I'm just sick and tired, especially when it gets personal, when someone's looking at your daughter that way. I'm just sick and tired of men and Christian men that won't deal with a lust problem. Like if we have been promised freedom, then why do we still settle for slavery when we've been promised freedom? And how in the world are we supposed, at a time when, we're, when everything we've prayed for as it relates to abortion on demand, looks like it's going to come down and be sent back to the States, at a time when, when we can literally see victory in this country as it relates to the shedding of innocent blood, I just want to tell you that if there's no moral authority in the church because our lives are compromised, we're going to sound like Charlie Brown school teacher. Wah, 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 wah. This is a time for men of God to be loving and leading and serving and treating women in a way that honors Christ so that we have something to say. When I look at the brokenness in our culture, the sexual sin, the, the, the number of people addicted to porn, when I look at the LGBT confusion and kids who are mutilating themselves, this should break our heart. I got word this morning, a precious woman came with me. She said, my husband's filing for divorce. I was shocked. I'm like, what? What do you mean he's filing for a divorce? This is a man of God. I'm still shocked by it. When are we, man, I'm talking to the men. When are we going to act like men? 
When are we going to quit acting like the world? When are we going to quit taking the, cur- the coward's way out and be who we've been called to be? When are we going to stand up for women? When are we going to stand up for children? When are we going to stand up for babies? When are we going to do it with purity in our heart? Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay that way. You know, in the church, we got people playing around with weed. We got people playing around with porn. We got people living in sexual sin. We got people playing around with alcohol. You know, it's interesting to me, and I've shared this for years amongst our leadership team, what was the open door in the Hillsong debacle? What was the open door to sexual sin? It was anxiety meds and alcohol. Now, I just want to tell you, as far as being your pastor, those two things will not be a part of my life ever. You know why? Not because I'm legalistic, because I'm smart, and because there's no upside in my life to compromise, and because if the Holy Spirit is who he says he is, then I should have the power of God not to have to be on anxiety medication and not to try to find peace through a bottle. Whatever happened to the power of the Holy Spirit? Let me just tell you, nothing happened to the power of the Holy Spirit. But when you're part of denominations, and please hear this, when you're part of denominations that deny the present-day move of the Holy Spirit, and you know, for instance, that sexual sin is wrong, and so you try in your own strength to resist it. No, I can't look. No, I can't give in to that. No, 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 no. But you deny the Holy Spirit. You are setting yourself up for failure because you were conceived in the supernatural, and now you're trying to walk it out in the natural. And Paul said to the Galatians, what is wrong with you? You cannot live a godly life apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot. You cannot. Impossible. So I'm wondering, and please hear me, I am not against counseling. I'm not against understanding that sometimes things take time. But listen, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from a tomb lives inside of us, tell me why we are having a power shortage. Tell me why we do not have the strength to break addiction off of our life. Tell me why we keep going back to the same crap over and over and over again. Tell me why. And tell me why grown men can still stand and grope over a woman and look at her sexually while you're standing there for ice cream. I'm so sick and tired of the perversion in this nation. And I'm not judging the nation because as soon as I do that, I have to deal with the temptation and stuff inside of me. But I'm just telling you, there's got to be a fight back in the church. There's got to be a zeal for the presence of Jesus. There's got to be a desire. I'm telling you, anybody that's been around in this nation as long as I have can tell you we are in trouble right now as a nation. 
We have our liberties being pulled away. We, have, we, we are rotting at the core. We have corruption at the highest level. And the problem is, every time we try to be a prophetic voice, there's more exposure in the local church as to the perversion that we're still having in our own hearts. How can we host the Holy Spirit when we're embracing some of the things that we're embracing and then just coming to church on Sunday? There's got to be a sense of passion and zeal and conviction in our hearts that I'm not living in the freedom God wants me to live in, and I'm going after that. Amen. There has to be a sense of fight. And can I just tell you something? You know, we're seeing all these situations, and I don't want to prejudge any situation, but there's a number of situations in our culture today where it makes men at least ask where our man card is, all right? Because we're having a lack of courage in our, in our nation on a variety of fronts, okay? Let me, let me connect some dots for you. As soon as you reject truth, namely God Almighty, the foundation of truth, as soon as you reject truth, you, you reject the transcendent. In other words, there's nothing beyond this. And, and I'm looking for the day when Memorial Day will be meaningless because we won't have anything worth fighting for in America because it's all about me and my selfish pleasure and my comfort. There's not going to be anybody wanting to fight or lay their life down for anything that matters. Because when you get rid of truth, you get rid of transcendence. And when you get rid of transcendence, you lose your willingness to fight because nothing is transcendent beyond your own personal comfort. This is why we're a divided nation right now. We've lost God and we've lost the common ground that brings us together in the gospel. And that's why we need a revival, not just casually. I'm, I'm saying this. Is there a passion in our hearts that we will not relent? We will press in to know the Lord, to have his presence here, and to, and to shake our nation uh, or else we die. I mean, that's kind of a, that kind of a zeal in our hearts. When I think of the people that are in pain right now, because of the sin of the church, because of the compromise in marriages. Can I just say something? We have all people talk about, oh, marriage is an outdated institution. Marriage is not an outdated institution. The problem is it takes two relatively mature people who love the Lord and are willing to love each other to make it work. That, that, that's what it takes. But the problem, is not, the problem is not the institution of marriage. The problem is the material that's going into it. And I'm telling you, we have the same problems in the church, and it breaks my heart. Because the next generation is suffering, and the kids are suffering, and women suffer, and men suffer, and it's painful. I used to look at my dad and wonder how he did it sometimes, because here's the deal, and I want you to know my heart. Every time a man of God gets up in the pulpit to preach on Sunday, he's had a week just like you have prior to standing in the pulpit. How many of you have good weeks, bad weeks, challenging weeks? You know, uh, painful weeks, weeks where someone you love passes away, weeks where you get news that someone's threatening to divorce somebody else, weeks where you got a child that's struggling with this or that or the other thing. And, and, and then here's what you do. When you get in the pulpit, you're not allowed to have a bad week because you're called to preach the word of God. And I've seen my father get up in this pulpit for 30 years. And sometimes I watch what came out of him and it was fiery and passionate, and sometimes it was through tears, and sometimes I could tell he was preaching through his own pain. But those are some of the best messages that I remember. So I'm just being real with you this morning. This message is not an icing on the cake message. This message is the cry of my heart. We have got to have more of the Holy Spirit. We want all the Holy Spirit. We want everything he has. We need to be free. 
I'm speaking especially to men in this room. We need to be free. And we need to fight till we get free. But we've been called for freedom. Let's look at freedom's power. This is good news. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. How many of you belong? That's an important word. That means you've given yourself fully to Christ. And because you belong to him, listen to this. The power of the life-giving spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Holy Spirit. I want you to see something here. The moment you and I gave our lives to Christ, we belong to him now. We've been purchased by his blood. We're his property. When that happened, he released the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit in us. And here's what the, what the Holy Spirit does. He breaks the power of sin off of our lives so that you don't have to wallow like a pig in the muck any longer. I don't care who you were before Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit, when he comes in, transforms you, which is why, please hear me, do not settle for false assurances of faith when somehow you prayed a prayer, but you have not changed one iota. That is a false gospel. That is a false sense of security. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, Bang! Chains start breaking off of you. Mentalities start changing. Wickedness starts being driven from your heart. Desires start changing. What you used to find pleasure in no longer pleases you. You have a new uh, uh, menu of pleasure in your life. And that, if that does not happen, you're not born again. I just want to be clear. If you're still the same rotten person you were, you're not saved. Because the Holy Spirit breaks the power of sin. That's what he does. Come on. Anybody? (laughs) Anybody that was still sleeping, you're now awake. I know it. Something happens inside of you that's different. You're not acting the same way that you were. You're different. And the Holy Spirit's job is to push you into Christ-likeness, to lead you into Christ-likeness. He frees us from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, please hear me. We are seeing a proliferation of religious people falling off the boat. Let me tell you why religious people fall off the boat. You can only sit on the ship so long without having personally tasted of the presence of God and the power of God in your life. In other words, you can't stay on the ship when you're focusing on other people's experience and then trying to make that your own. You need to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. People that have been serving in church for years, now they're going, you know, I don't know if I believe this stuff. You know why you don't know if you believe this stuff? Because it's not active in your life. And it hasn't been active for so long, you're starting to question whether or not it's valid. The message I'm preaching right now, by the way, will save your soul. Because here's what I'm telling you. If you continue to mess and compromise and live addicted and continue to live in uh, in bondage, the Bible says sin will eventually kill you. 
Sin will kill you, but righteousness will lead to life. Let me keep going on here. Here's, here's something that I want to drive home as well. How do you know that you're born again? Because you no longer follow your sinful nature, but instead you follow the Holy Spirit. That's what Romans 8, 4 says. Man, how do I know I'm saved? Because you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and He's calling the shots, and He's leading you. You're not in charge. It's not about you. In fact, let's go to the next verse. What, what's freedom's purpose? You know, this is a good question for us to revisit as Americans on Memorial Weekend. Freedom is great, but our freedom is a, is a negative freedom. It's, it's no one's going to tell me what to do. I'm free. I'm free. No one can put any, any chains on me. But here's the deeper question. What is the positive view of freedom? In other words, what is freedom for? So what that we're the most free nation on planet, or that, that, that might be debatable, but, but so, much, so what that we have all these freedoms? What's it for? It used to be for the glory of God and a force for righteousness. But now it's become self-consuming. It would change your life. Here's what, if, if Jesus loses our power, we become just another goody-two-shoe club, all right? To host the Holy Spirit, not just corporately, but host the Holy Spirit inside of us. And, and here, here's, the, here's my challenge to every single one of you today. Whatever is still holding you down, why? Amen. Whatever habit that still got you, why? Amen. Whatever perversion that still is that secret sin that keeps pulling you down, why? Amen. Why? You know, when, when, I, when I personally faced the man who's looking at my daughter in a perverted way, all of a sudden sin got personal. Because it's not just some girl. It's my precious daughter. And I didn't like it. And it made me angry. And I'm glad I had the Holy Spirit inside of me. Because I wanted to say something. I wanted to shake them. But it wasn't just some kind of carnal anger. It was a righteous anger. Because it's like, guys, come on, we need to raise the bar. And there needs to be a sense of righteous anger in our hearts. And there should be that in the church. God forbid that kind of nonsense happens in the church. Raise the bar. I, I pray that the potency of the Holy Spirit gets so powerful in this place that we might start off good, but we cannot finish the service on our feet if there's something wrong in our hearts because the Holy Spirit is waking us up and we're like, I can't keep living this way. I can't keep living this way. Why does God save us? Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. There's another great examination question. Are you born again? Well, Pastor, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this question. What do you think about? Are you dominated by ways to please your flesh? 
Or are you consumed and controlled by asking the question, how is my life going to live to please God today and bring him glory? How do I, how do I please the Holy Spirit? And let me just tell you something, the more potent the Holy Spirit gets inside of you, the shorter your leash gets. Because when you look a little too long or your thoughts are not pure, the Holy Spirit will jerk your chain and say, hey, and and here's what you do, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Holy Spirit, forgive me. I don't want to grieve you in any way. Because the Holy Spirit's purpose is to point us to Jesus and to please him and to glorify him. Let's look at freedom's privilege. I'll close with this. This is Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That word children in the Greek means mature sons, not babies, mature sons. How do you know if you're saved? Because the Holy Spirit is leading you. I'm hoping this, I I want to drive this over. Can you see how the Holy Spirit's not secondary in any way, shape, or form? How do you know you're a son? So I'm talking to all the men. How do you know you're sons? All the ladies, how do you know you're a daughter? The Holy Spirit is leading your life. Let me ask you, is the converse true? For all who are not led by the Spirit of God are not children of God. I'm just asking. That, that seems to be what that verse is saying, does it not? In other words, if, the Holy, if you've not submitted to God and let the Holy Spirit take control of your life, you're not a son or a daughter. You're just a religious person. I know this message is a little bit disturbing this morning, but I think there's good disturbing and bad disturbing. This is good disturbing. I'm asking you. I'm trying to keep it real. Go on to the next verse, Matt. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Time out. Received you, and you now become his children, and you cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Go to the next verse. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we that we're born again. He reminds us that God's broken free from the dominion of sin in your life. Because that's the fruit of the conversion that happens in the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of you. We become heirs of all things. I know I've kind of been all over this morning. Forgive me for being casual. Forgive me for treating the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, with with too much familiarity. Forgive me for compromising with areas of sin in my life. And Lord, I want to be free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. He wants us to enjoy the full liberty of what that means to be a son or to be a daughter. So, so here's I, heard, I hope you heard my heart this morning. I don't want to beat anybody up. I don't want to. I'm not here to condemn you. I love you. I am for you. But I hope that the church, living lives that you know don't honor the Lord, sexual perversion in our lives, you know, the, the days of just bailing on relationships because they're not making me happy. You know, it, all this time, it's time to stop all this nonsense. And it's time to really, truly, Say, Holy Spirit, change our lives. Change me. Change me. Change me. Lord, I ask you 
just to move in hearts across this place. First of all, I just want to say with every head bowed, every eye shut, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you're far from the Lord. You've maybe been religious, you maybe had a church background, but you've never invited Christ to be your Savior. If I ask you, do you belong to Jesus? Do you belong to Him? He's purchased you with His blood. Have you given yourself to Him? Do you belong to Him? And most importantly, if today were your day, would you spend eternity with Christ? Do you know? Do you know that you're ready? Do you have assurance in your heart? If you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know that I do. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to have you move anywhere, but just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you if you don't know Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else? Most of us would say we're believers in Christ. For that one hand that was raised. Father, I ask you to touch that person right now. We repent of our sin, Lord. We turn it over. Right where you're at, just repent. Tell the Lord, I don't want to live that way any longer. And Jesus, we invite you into our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and change us and make us like Jesus. Lord, touch this individual. Heal, save, deliver, Lord. Let your power touch right now in Jesus' name. Now, you know, here's what we do at Living Stones. We we have the altar open. Because here's my point. I just want it to be real. That's, that's probably a, a big core value in my heart. I, I just want to keep it real. And you know what? We could have a mass. All, all, you know, Everybody come up. All, but, but listen, our, if you're desperate for breakthrough in your life and you know that there's more, if, there's, if you've been in bondage to something, maybe you've been depressed, discouraged, anxious, fearful, tormented, uh, some type of addiction or lust or bondage in your life, The power of the Holy Spirit is here today to break that off of your life. And so I'm going to close in prayer. If you need to go, have an amazing weekend. No marriage class today. But if you want to do some business with God, the altars are open and we want to pray and minister to you. So Father, thank you for calling us to freedom. Thank you for the liberty we have in the Holy Spirit. And Lord, make it real in us. Holy Spirit, take full possession of each one of us and continue the transformation process. God, my heart just burns with what you're wanting to do in America, even now through your church. And yet, Lord, we're so weak and we're so compromised and we're so full of, uh, of sin that, that I think many times you're like, man, if I could just get my church free, look what I could do in this nation. Lord, we want to be free. So Father, touch us today and change us today and heal us today, we pray in your mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, we love you all. Have an amazing weekend. And uh, if you need prayer, come on down, all right? We'd love to pray for you.